Dane and Derek is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. You can find content warnings in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our little corner of the internet. My name is Derek, and this is Dane and Derek, a show where we talk about art, Dungeons and Dragons, life, ma, and more. And with me, as always, is my incredible co-host and good friend, Dane. Hey, uh, I'm Dane. I'm a writer. I am a law clerk, and I'm a lover of music, tabletop RPGs. I'm a musician sometimes. I'm a podcaster sometimes. I like a lot of life, so I do a lot of things. It's nice. Yeah. Um, how are you doing this I'm fine doing evening good. that we record? Yeah. For those wondering, this is July 5th when we are recording this, and this episode will air after episode 100, so mm-hmm. if we don't make any references to episode 100, it's because we haven't recorded episode 100. Um, yeah. We have not. Yeah. We're in the past times. Yes. We are in the past Speaking times. Speaking to you in the future. Yeah. It's been a weird few months as we talked about on episode 99 um (laughs) yeah it has been yeah i guess yeah go go ahead to give my update you know it it, i went from may which was finals into starting a new job um into june which was just sort of adjusting to that job trying to keep up with you know relationships and and like i'd kind of like in may i'd kind of like lost track of like all my connections with people. And so like June was, I was playing catch up and my sister was leaving for, you know, summer intensives and, and you know, graduating. Like, so much was happening. So it's been a while for, for us. Um, uh, of updates though. Um, yes, this is funny when we do these, like I, I, I forgot to dole it out this time. Um, <laughs> so the funny thing is um, I am in this like, weird position where I've been kind of like ignoring that I'm going to go back to school in about a month and a half. Um, and so there's like normal school things to like start putting together, you know, like, all right, go get your student loans to go pay your tuition and all that stuff. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, I just straight up haven't done it yet. Um, oh goodness. So I, I, I scheduled a day um, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks to just sit down and like, the only thing I have to do that day is get all that stuff done, which is a silly thing to have to do. But um, it's it's a weird it's a weird situation to be like I am working full time hardcore. It's like a real goddamn job where like I've never experienced this before. I've never experienced a job in which I have felt truly mentally spent by the job, um, mm. which is why I've taken to writing in the mornings before I go to work. Um, Dang, you're on that morning pages crew. I am on that morning pages crew. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that soon with the whole carving out time episodes that I'm sure are coming up. Um, but the long and short of it is, is this, is this job is just very different. So the idea of like, after doing that, going home and doing a bunch of like bureaucratic work, mm-hmm. um, to go back to school in the fall sounds like the fucking worst after reading, and doing law all day. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's a very, yeah. it's new. It's, it's new. And there are things that I realized I had never done in my life. Like I've never worked in an office setting before with other people. When I worked at Naropa, I almost exclusively worked alone. Um, mm. And so like, 
I'm still kind of learning how to concentrate while other people are talking and I can hear. Um, oh yeah. That yeah. Water cooler chat. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, like a lot of communication has to get done, especially between the paralegal and, um, my boss, the, the, the attorney. And so they, they talk constantly about the cases. Um, and so like, I also kind of need to be listening to that to know what's going on in the cases. Um, and so it's just, it's new skills. It's super, it's super interesting. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I feel like, I guess something I am wondering, and maybe this is for another episode, but at the end of the summer, will you be leaving this job? When I'll you let you know when I know. Um, oh boy. Oh. Cause I, 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 I potentially could stay on mm. like quarter time maybe. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Cause there's parts of me that like definitely wants to stay on because cases move kind of slow, right? Like, yeah. Um, you know, like slower than you'd think. And I, and I, it's a, it's a family law firm. So it's a lot of, um, cases involving like, uh, children's rights and also a bunch of cases involving, you know, divorces in uh. Boulder. So they're rich people divorces. Um, and so it's, it's this odd, it's this odd thing of like, you need to get all this stuff right. And, you know, you know, like divorce may sounds very like small potatoes in some ways. And, and I guess it kind of is in some ways, you know, the, the whole idea of like, it's just a personal matter. But if you actually think about the ending of these sorts, sorts of situations, if you get them wrong, like if they get oh, done yeah. wrong, like people get trapped in abusive relationships forever, like, mm-hmm. and children don't go to the right places. Like it's a small thing, but it's a weirdly important thing. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, like I've already experienced this with the cases I've been with, um, Wherein, you know, some people, you know, they, when they get married, they stop working and they, um, or they're, they're just, they're not particularly skilled with money or, or any number of things. And, but their partner is, and, you know, when you're in a relationship and you're in a partnership and in a healthy one, what you do is you balance out each other's skills. Like you basically say, like, don't worry about learning that skill in life. I got that one. And we're a team, so I'll do that. And, you know, you got these other skills that I don't have, right? Like, that's the best way of doing it, right? But there's another version of that in which it's a control thing. It's an abusive thing. Mm -hmm. And so when that other person is done with the relationship and done being abused and wants out and all of these things, disentangling, they need help due to the fact that there there might very well be skills that they are missing. And that's kind of where their attorney comes in sometimes. Um, yeah. Ideally no, with, uh, with you know, like a therapist as well. Yes, yeah. Um, a lot of uh, care just, resources, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit of general advice. And this is not legal advice. Um, so I'm not even ethically like dubious here is for everybody out there listening, please do not confuse your therapist with your lawyer. 
one of those things is distinctly more expensive than the other and will not help you feel better. It will only help you with your legal and fin- legal matters. Yeah. Um, certainly won't help you financially <laughs> if you um, you do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's a very interesting situation um, in which, you know, like, it, it really does matter. And this is a, a situation in which people really do need help. And it's, it's very personal. Um, and there's already so much stigma attached to it, you know, oh, like, yeah. and that sucks. And, you know, and, and I don't know if this will end up being my, my area of practice in the future or not or whatever, but, I'll be honest, you know, my pe- my heart goes out to our clients and often the the other parties because not every, you know, case is one where people are in horrible relationships with monsters. That's just not how it is, you know. People fall mm-hmm. out of love, you know. And it's pain, like it's pain and interestingly, it is my own personal um complex feelings with the institution of marriage and divorce that has led me to even explore this in the sense of like, we, we add the law into our personal relationships here, right? That's what marriage is. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like for, for lots of people, there's a religious aspect to it. And for lots of people, there's a huge emotional aspect to marriage. And I'm not talking about that because those things are different, right? Like, the commitment you make as a person to another person out of love, that's between you and them, right? Mm -hmm. The commitment you make before God, if that's what you believe in and what you feel, that's between you and God, right? Yeah. But there is a literal legal thing called marriage, which is also a thing humans made up. Don't get me wrong, but it is a distinctly more real thing more tangible than the other things Mm -hmm. it dictates how you are going to move through the world and so there's this awful thing that i see which is you know like you've been through a breakup they fucking Mm -hmm. suck yeah but what if you had to be stuck in a process of breaking up with them for up to two years no yeah because you have to like go through this whole process Mm -hmm. it sucks and so my heart goes out to these people because there's so much pain involved because our system is set up with this there's almost a, like this sort of rebellious aspect to it for me of like well let's just disrupt all of this and disentangle this and fuck this like fucking sucks that you got all tied up with this shit let's get you undone you know like mm-hmm. um you know it's 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 a very interesting thing but long and short of it I I also will say that I've been asked, how do you handle it? How do you handle people coming to you with, they're always upset and it's sad and they're pissed and and not in their best place because of this area of law. And my answer to that is actually, you tell me the moment in which someone goes looking for a lawyer when they're having a good day. Hmm. 
you know, like there are some situations, you know, like sometimes there you are, you work for a business and like in-house attorney, and then you're just kind of like dealing with day-to-day stuff or some other things like that. And that's kind of like, I equate it to being like a family practice doctor, you know, a pediatrician by and large, everything's fine. You know, like people come to you with their questions. You give them a little bit of, you know, you're like, Oh, you, you broke your arm and you're 12. Cause you, so you broke your arm cause you know, your kid and we're going to patch you up and it's going to be fine. No big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, nobody goes to see a cardiologist cause everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes to see a criminal attorney cause everything's fine. Right. There's no version of this that doesn't have that. Not really. Um, and then there's also the tragic day, even if you're in one of those like small, those, those areas where it's nicer, where something is going to blow up. Right. Like, yeah. for example, like just to take it back to medicine, for example, it was my pediatrician who found my cancer. Like, you know, the, not initially, but he was the one who then did the next tests for me. And then they sent me, he sent me off. What an awful day that must've been for him. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. Anyways, sorry. This is supposed to be an episode about experience points in D&D. You asked a very poignant question and then I went off on it. Do you have film updates? I'm sorry. I don't even, I I looked away from. No, you're all good. You're all good. It's been 13 minutes of this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was was curious about it because I feel like, you know, like when you're during the summertime, like whether or not you're going to stay on at a job or not is... It's a pretty important question. Um, and in a way, it does kind of tie into today's topic, which is experience point systems and having an entry-level job like that and working your way up. Kind what a of transition, like, folks. Yeah. This is why he gets paid the big bucks. <laughs> you know, like I think like that's, the, you know, it was it was pertinent to that to a degree. But to, to answer your question, I don't have any film updates. I think I kind of spent them all on the episode we, we recorded earlier and... Probably by the time you all are listening to this, I'm probably still kind of going to be in the thick of working on things and trying to find that balance. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we can just kind of go ahead right into it. I think, man, I we should we should definitely talk more about the law stuff at, at, at like at a separate time because I, I have questions. But for off mic, to be um, clear, I can give you no legal advice that is not ethical. I am not a practicing. Oh no, okay, yeah, just, no, yeah, yeah. I'm not asking for legal advice. No, no. I, I just I've started being asked for legal advice from like friends, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, I cannot tell you anything. I the what I will tell you is you should go talk to a lawyer. <laughs> um yeah no yeah i i'm i, I think i'm just curious because the more that you talk about law the more i realize just how it is it is like math and num- it is like math and philosophy but with like rules and i guess that is just what rules are but it is very interesting to me yeah so here's something i i often think about so we have philosophy and moral moral morality, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. thing that we've created. Politics is in many ways societies arguing out how those morals are going to be put enacted and which ones are more important than others. Mm-hmm. Um, the laws are then how those decisions are then enacted and encoded and given mm-hmm. force. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know and so it's it's i find it interesting due to the fact that like the law it's it's a game of telephone right um you know like there's there's the, like let's take like lgbt rights for example like the moral is everybody should be treated equally in the LGBT community and they should be protected. Right. That's, that's a moral we might want. And I want to be enacted. I desperately want that one to be more enacted. It's not right now. And it's frustrating moving on. Um, And then there's the politics of it where everybody argues about it. And then someone passes something about it. And then we get a law and it's about how do we get that enforced? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. And so it's it's messy. We'll, we'll we'll definitely talk about that too. But um, there's a whole game of telephone to it, and the fact that we keep laws for a really long time, like we're living with the telephone enacted morals of people from the 1800s, still, right? Like, right? That's yeah. weird. It's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyhow. 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 XP. XP. Um, <laughs> Experience points for those not in the know. Yes. Um, which can be accrued in real life by working an internship and then getting a job from that internship and then working your way up the ladder, mm-hmm. which, you know, that model doesn't necessarily work at most places these days, but that is the model that I'm using to compare it to. The other... Uh, another model might be, um, you know, practicing... Yes. A, a musical instrument over and over yeah. and over again, you know, and getting and getting progressively better to a point where you can play that instrument without needing to read sheet music or playing a sport so well that eventually, yeah, you hit the baseball, a home run every, you know, 10, every, every 10 times to bat, you hit a home run, which would be insane. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but like, that's, that's, that's the, yeah. the idea, experience right? Points. A, yeah. So experience points are a numeric abstraction of the concept of gaining experience and growth yes so i don't really know the full history of the experience point um but experience points i believe at least date back to first edition if not maybe chainmail um yes that's correct and originally they came not really in the you got experience points when you spent gold or acquired treasure and gold in older yeah. games. And later it was attached to killing monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and now XP systems are just like fucking ubiqui- ubiquitous, right? Like they're yeah. in video games. They're in basically every version of table tabletop RPGs. Like, um, you know, like I would, uh, I would argue that there are like in gamification, gamified, um, uh, you know, like, ranking systems in like 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 headspace like the the the, the uh, meditation app yes. or wordle or whatnot like these things it gets it's kind of everywhere right yeah, um everything's got an achievement thing everything's exactly. got yeah an, a, a meter w- w- whether or not you gain experience points by killing monsters making decisions selling things or make or doing fa- or, or like or failing at something even right you still yeah. gain experience numerically through some sort of like quantified thing (laughs) yeah so so there's 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 lots of different like the idea is to have a progression system and allow players to get stronger and it's very fun in that way the thing that's interesting about xp systems to me is that they encourage different styles of play right so if you tie xp exclusively to killing monsters you what you're saying is to players if you want to get better which i know you do 
because you like your numbers going up. It feels good. You want to do fun stuff. You got to go kill monsters. Mm -hmm. That's it. If you say every gold piece is an experience point, you are, are encouraging kleptomania, right? Like if in, or in dungeon world, what that you're encouraging is people to fail a bit, right? Yeah. Um, and to make connections and evolve relationships in their XP or discover, like, I think dungeon worlds is a pretty robust one in which it does treasure fighting stuff, um, discovering things, um, and failing and, and, um, having social interactions with your fellow players, which I think is very robust. 5e on the other hand, I find limited, um, though 5e also does away with experience points and instead tie it, ties it purely to narrative. That's like your milestone um, mm-hmm. style leveling. Um, and like other other game systems um, do different different things, right? Like Diablo, for example, it's basically all through fucking killing things and doing quests. Like that's it. Um, yeah. And, and like Dragon Age... Inquisition, at least, has a, a various number of ways, including reading books and things. Yeah. And one thing I will say is that there are some limitations to XP systems, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think there needs to be a couple of um, things built in, which is I, your players need to understand it. And they yeah. need to know how to achieve it, right? So with right. like the, the killing monsters way, you know you kill a dragon, you're going to get more XP than killing a kobold. Right. You know, these things are the harder thing gives you more experience, right? The greater the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. The more gold you've managed to bring back through wits and guile and strength of arms, the more XP you're going to get. It's the same. It's the same idea in my, in my head. Right. Yeah. Um, the reason I think those two systems in particular work so well relatively speaking is that they're very clear to the players without you having to say x monster is worth x thing that you do is worth 500 and breaking immersion um Mm -hmm. and um they can be applied very quickly to at the end of a fight being like everybody gets 50 xp right or if in the case of the gold they already you give them the gold they know how many xp they can get by spending it or whatever right that's all very clear um Mm -hmm. And if you want to level up mid-game, because sometimes that's exciting, that's an option. Dungeon World, on the other hand, has this slower pace, right? Most of it, like, either you failed and you get one, or you have to wait until the end of the session to get most of your XP. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's pretty good. But what that speaks to is, in video games, you can attach XP to a lot of stuff. Because the games can have shit working in the background yeah um the 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 computer can run it but like i as a as the dungeon master can't sit here and be like you read a scroll get 50 xp like i can't stop all the time to do that (laughs) right like in dragon age you can read a scroll and then you pop it down and then you're running away and you see a little 50 xp thing pop up near somewhere on the screen right and that's like Mm -hmm. great cool processed you got it um now interestingly i am bringing this up and making it a topic of the episode due to the fact that I am having a, con- a conundrum, oh. um, which is the following. 
I really love the campaign I'm doing right now. I don't actually foresee it ending any time particularly soon. I think there's a good four to five months left in it. However, um, there are some things I want to do for the next one, um, including doing some some fun map stuff um, that requires me to do some sort of like pre-planning things. And because of that, I'm starting to think about what I really liked from this campaign and things I, I have liked less. One thing I have liked less is XP being exclusively tired, tied to monsters. Mm. There have been sessions where really great play has come around stealth checks. Recently, by the by, I had a stealth D&D game, like 5e D&D game, work. Like, Dang. it was amazing. Like, I was like, oh my god. They just stealth their way through this. This is this is amazing. It was a it was a party of a ranger and two rogues. So hmm. they cast pass without trace and were rolling like plus twenty everybody for their stealth. It was bonkers. That's great. Um any anyhow. Huh. Setting setting all of that aside, um when you incentivize treasure, you kind of incentivize people being selfish and trying to get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And when you incentivize just pure fighting, everybody's always looking for a fight. There's nobody wants to skip a fight. Like people don't really want to ignore monster, or just try and sneak around it or anything because that feels like a bucket of XP they've missed. And I'm against like, the problem is I can't just, I can't stop for every failed role in D and D that works for dungeon world because you roll significantly less often. Right. Um, and so my question is, have you ever run across any XP systems that are more inclusive of things? And if you haven't, do you think that there are other ones out there? Hmm. Well, in terms of XP systems, my first thought immediately jumps to like Burning Wheel. Ooh, interesting. Um, I I have not dived into Burning Wheel very much. What's I have not the... di- I have not dived into Burning Wheel because it's it just feels intimidating. But basically, it's like so intimidating. But like you know, experience is rewarded through the doing of things. So if you want to be a better sword fighter, fight with swords. If you want to be a really good wizard, cast some spells. If you want to be really good at fishing, fish. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the RuneScape approach. Um, and so like by doing the skill or by doing the thing more, you are rewarded. Um, that's like a very rudimentary, un- my, that's a very rudimentary understanding of it from what I have of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's definitely, uh, a, um, a world in which, uh, you know, it, it, it it's probably, it's, there's, there's probably more to it than that. Um, but like, yeah. I think like from my own experience game mastering, because like, yeah, if, if you can't do the dungeon world thing, and if you can't do the burning wheel thing, and if you can't do D&D with it just being like monsters and like reward and XP rewarded for quests, then like you almost... Like I think about how like if if you're doing something with maps, I, I guess like my first thought is like, okay, this sounds like a game that that's about exploration, right? It, uh, eh, eh, 
not really. I just want to make a really cool one. It's more the thing. Um. So then, well, so, well, so then my, my, my brain then goes to, which is, I think is something we have talked about on the show, which is Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. as like a leveling system, you know, like you level through solving puzzles. You don't get any experience from killing monsters. You only get no. materials. And so... It, unless the, the shrine in particular is one of the combat ones, which is not correct. all of them. It, it's yeah, the minority by a long shot, for sure. Yeah. And so I think, like, perhaps that's a route where, like, where, like, you basically, like, let your players know, like, hey, if you want to, like, level up or get closer to leveling up, like, you can go to, like, this place where you can attempt a trial and level and attempt to level up, like... Leveling up and gaining experience becomes more of a choice mm-hmm. in game, where like the players decide they're going to go to the thing to try and level up, um, and you know whether that's a combat thing or a puzzle thing, you know, or a social encounter, or whatever. It becomes more like scenified in a way, kind of like Dungeon World. Yeah, um, so like you could have trials instead of experience points. Yeah, for levels. Hmm. Which would be interesting, except for the fact that I think that would... Okay, so like if you were to... Like, let's say for a fighter, your trial is to defeat something in one-on-one combat, let's say, mm-hmm. right? If that trial happens, it needs to be more difficult than what the average character could at that level... current That current level could handle... Correct. Right. It needs to be as difficult as the level that you are trying to get to. Sure. So then my question then becomes, well, wouldn't that you just, they would have to try it until the dice were with them or would they, or what would you suggest there? Like allow so them th- a clever solution. I'm curious. So I think that that's where it gets tricky mm-hmm. because then you're opening up the, the room for it to become like a roguelike. Or like a game where people are just gonna try and ha- game the system, right? Like, yeah, like you know, like what, the the equivalent of like a halfling stealthing and backstabbing over and over and over again until the thing's dead, you know, like and that kind of like takes some of the fun and creativity out of the game by just making it all math. Yeah. Um, so I think you do run into that conundrum. I think you also then have to consider like, okay, well then like. If they can't beat it by normal means, then they must be able to beat it by materials and other things they've acquired means, which means that they will need to be thinking outside the box in terms of things they've acquired or things that they've like gained on adventures. And so I guess there's a part of me that almost Mm -hmm. wonders maybe instead of maybe experience because like, I I don't know, I don't usually attach experience points to monsters when I play D&D. Mm hmm. I hardly ever use what they suggest in the book. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm using it more due to the fact that I don't have a regular roster. My roster uh, rotates really regularly. And so um, I'm in this situation in which I need it to be very fair and I can't tie it to character growth because it may not happen and characters die pretty frequently. Um, interesting. Are you still they, kind of doing your... your- where the moons dance kind of system, but I am indeed. I am indeed. And so I, what I'm definitely looking for is more options for leveling, Mm. um, to give them more choices. Oh, um, take the Hades approach, the Hades approach. 
Yeah, so you know how like Hades has like, you know, like you're fighting your way out and by like um, killing things, spending more money and acquiring materials, you gain experience points, right? The the, like, the darkness? Yeah, yeah. But then also like you can also at a certain point, right, you can like, you can go through like the God of Chaoses or just Chaoses like portals or you can go into like the the other hidden rooms that mm-hmm. like are just like boss rushes basically. Yeah that basically like resource pump you. Um, maybe there's a world in which like you can tie experience points um, to like a resource that then players can spend. It's not money, but it is a resource that they can spend. And like, even if their character dies, they can mm. still keep it. Um, or, maybe. or it's like in the idea of like, um, you know, like there's other like like there's 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 two or three versions of every trial, right? There's mm-hmm. like an easy combat encounter that gets you to the next level, but there's also like a, a higher one that can jump you a few levels. And mm. so, see, that'd be very exciting. That'd be very exciting for sure. Yeah, because I think I think like if you give the players the option of like, yeah, you can keep going the safe way with your trial, or you could gamble, and like, you know, like maybe it's like maybe each encounter is worth a certain amount of levels Hmm. and before going into the like trial the party needs to agree on how they're dividing up the levels gained Mm -hmm. and so it becomes a player decision to divide up the experience sure yeah that's that's interesting so asymmetric yeah experience gain that's that's something that i feel like in second edition was much more prevalent because Mm -hmm. like you know, like every, everyone needed, you know, at first level, not everyone needed 300 experience points, right? Like fighters needed 2000 experience points and rogues needed like 1200. A wizard needed like 3000, right? Yeah. And so like wizards would level slower, but they'd be, but they'd be significantly more powerful each time. Fighters would level a medium amount and would kind of stay the same the whole time. Rogues would level faster and cap out faster, but also like be able to do much more that could benefit the party and so maybe like there's a world in which you can kind of structure it in the sense of like yeah like the encounters are worth different levels of experience and you can divide that amongst yourselves mm-hmm. that way like you know like say like you know like you have a roster wherein like there's like three four level characters and one like first level character and everyone's in a particularly good mood that day and they're like hey let's go to this six six level encounter and let's, you know, eat, you know, the three of us will each get one experience point or like one level or, may, or maybe one person forgoes a level, but the other mm-hmm. person can get the rest. Yeah. And so like everyone's now supporting each other kind of. Um, there is there is already some of that where, you know, like if a character dies, I don't let them come back at the same level. They Everybody always starts at one. Mm-hmm. And so if they come back with their first level character, the other higher level characters often will carry them through a few encounters and then they'll power level. They will do that thing. Like typically, if you cut, if you've died, you will come back at first level. If you, um, <clears throat> if you, um, if you make it through your 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 first session with them, they're probably going to be at three by the end of it, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is definitely some of that. Um, my only concern is that's just a little, that's maybe a step game more gamified than I'd like. Yeah. Um, because I think the interesting thing about breath of the wild, for example, which I think is a really great advancement system that is 
kind of XP. It's basically four done. It's four. It's four puzzles for a heart or a piece of stamina, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of your advancement actually comes through advancing the story, right? That's how you get your, you know, your Mifa's grace and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's through you know getting a hold of the master sword and 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 acquiring better armor, things that are permanent. Um, you know, and, and so like, there's this part of me that's like, okay, I really love the naturalistic way of that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I wonder if that there is a, I wonder if there is a way to attach leveling to your character class like okay here here's a pitch oh yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah like here's a pitch like maybe if if you're a fighter or like a barbarian or, or maybe, maybe it could be attached to like just like types of like groupings of classes or something like you you get x number of xp for every enemy you down um you, like you personally get that last hit on or whatever yeah um whereas like if you're the rogue you get a smaller piece of xp every time you succeed on a skill check um for so yeah no i think that's actually a great idea because i was gonna say like maybe you could come up with like kind of like how like powered by the apocalypse games have those like bonds yeah but what if you made those bonds like these are your experience rules and everyone gets like two experience rules so like Mm -hmm. and 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 those Mm -hmm. are like by doing this i gain like my character does this therefore i gain this when i do it like i'm a fighter therefore when i fight people and i defeat them successfully in combat i gain x amount of experience points Mm -hmm. but then my character is also this like my character is a fighter who fights but he's also like a he's also into politics let's say so every time you make a persuasion skill check right Mm -hmm. like you get um like maybe you need to set it like there's a there's one action and there's one skill that experience is associated with or something like that. Yeah, and maybe maybe one that's attached to the class really strong and one that's a little bit looser. If that yeah. makes sense. So maybe um, it's like it's like a you have like your your character personality action or like mm-hmm. you, have the, you have the the in-game mechanical action, the in-game mechanical skill the character class experience traits mm-hmm. and then the like sort of like player like player i guess like personality or background trait or something yeah, attached to it yeah, yeah. Like, like i call them experience traits yeah like something like something like um like okay for example like you could tie you could tie it to like your background and your class right like mm-hmm. um like what if like you, you the two skills you get from your background whenever you succeed on those checks you get x number of xp yeah and that would be the ones that you would attach to yourself right mhm and then for like rogue it's what it's your background one and whenever you use your expert the skills you get expertise in those yeah um and like maybe with fighter like i think it should be attached to a first level ability right it should be like whenever you use your like it should be whenever you use like your fighting, your fighting style, style if you're a fire if you're a fighter yeah. or whenever you action surge or yes something yes um i think that's smart 
because then it encourages people to use these abilities. Mm-hmm. And, and, are, and, and, and the nice ahead. part, always, oh, and the nice part too, right, is like it will stagger the leveling scale, mm-hmm. but that's not a bad thing. No. Because I think it'll make, it'll force your players to be more proactive in game. Yes. To sort of catch up. And it won't be sort of out of like a gamifyingness. It'll be out of a fulfilling the roles. Yeah. And I think I would want each one to have some choice into it. Like, I think I would mm-hmm. rather for, for like fighter, for example, um, I think I would want it to be like tied to that fighting style so that it's not every, every fighter is constantly trying to look for people to kill, but it's like, well, my fighter is an archer. So I pick the archery fighting style. So whenever I use, my archery fighting style, I get some XP, you know, um, mm-hmm. to like lean into their choices um, yes. more than anything else. And then the the best part too is like maybe every four levels or something or every three levels, you could have it so you can swap out a trait or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That way, like it's not that way they're not locked into it. Yeah. Yeah, like if you pick something you think would is going to be really helpful and then it just doesn't come up. Yeah. Yeah. Having the option to change it. Yeah. Um or maybe even every level. I I don't know. Um but I think I think there's merit to that because then like the leveling will go a lot slower and people it'll reinforce people's decisions like you said. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of experience every now and then that you don't have to keep track of. No, especially if I tell them like right away like this is how it goes. Please keep track of it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it would be, the, it would also scale, right? So like, let's say it's, you picked the archery and you're the fighter, right? Like that's you. Um, then what you, what, what's been, in, if you have to hit with your archery ability to get that XP, well, if at level, at level two, you know, you're fighting goblins and stuff, and that's so hard. But by level five, you're fighting completely different monsters, and the AC has gone with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the difficulty has has also increased, so it's not like it's suddenly like just getting XP out the out the ass, right? Right. And also, I think I would lock it. Like, you don't get more XP the higher you you are. Like, it's not like at fifth level you get fifteen every time, but at first level you got five. You know, you right. get you get ten every time. So those first couple levels will come quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is awesome. See, this mm-hmm. is why I wanted to do this. This is a cool idea, honestly. Yeah, and and what's nice is like, it's like a it's a it rewards in character role playing, which I think is something so difficult to reward without being completely biased as a game master. Mm-hmm. Like if your game is all about not killing people and your party wants to kill people, no one's going to level up. And that's like a bias as a game master. Right. Right. So it's like, it's like, this is a in, it's a mechanical way that does not change that rewards players probably to a satisfactory degree. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exciting. That's fun. I think that's really fun. I also think, you could gear your play style. So I, before, like, I know we got to wrap up, but I'm having a good time with this conversation. And I no, stole yeah, a bunch yeah. of time with law stuff at the beginning. <laughs> so here's my question. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have a good idea around fighting 
e characters and skill like heavily skill based characters, right? Mhm. Two questions, I guess. The first one is is should do you think it should be more generalized, right? Like any class that gets a fighting style, should that be the thing or do does it need to be tied to a first level ability of the class? I think I think you should tie it to a first level ability of the class. Okay. But I think you could make it more general in the sense of like, like here's a bunch of things that could apply for spellcasters and that could apply for all the spellcasting classes. I was thinking, I was thinking for spellcasting classes, tying it, like being like pick some signature spells. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, or like a specialty, kind of like a like a spellcasting style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I was kind of thinking, like, you could reward ritualists, like people who use a lot of rituals, because mm-hmm. um, I don't want it to be like only rewarding combat spells. Right. Well, basically, for every school of magic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whenever someone picks their school of magic, if they're a wizard, yeah. Or like like each type of spell, you know, has like a sort of like. Um, I was th- I'm I think I think signature spells is the way to go. Yeah, and make sure that they're they have to they can't be cantrips though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to be first level spells. I don't. I think. I think so. Yeah, you have to ban cantrips. Else, people would just power level. Um, maybe, if, but at the same time, or maybe it should be one cantrip. Maybe I think I, I I would personally put more stock into like preparing mm. like like if a character uses like the ability to prepare spells and they call it out in game and they actually like role play it out in game like I think that's a more fun way of giving experience like the memorizing spells before bed or the praying for spells before bed. I yeah. I, I, I like that a lot better thematically mm-hmm. because then it's like depending on what spells you prepare or just the act of preparing spells. Um, But then of course, like that changes if you're like a sorcerer or something, but I think there's, there's still other things you can, I think basically like you just got to go through the player's guide and just like pick the coolest things that you think wouldn't break the game and see what you can attach. Cause like for like a, like for Bard, for example, um, like for Bard, like the one I definitely want to do would be like whenever someone succeeds using your Bardic inspiration would be like something mm. awesome, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that locks them into a single place. That's the one thing I don't want is I don't want to lock any class fully into one single play style. Mm. Um, so for spellcasters, I think doing signature spells of some kind, be that through the preparing of signature spells or the casting of them in the first place, I don't know is the way to go with that because it means, um, you know, like the wizard who picks fireball counter spell and, you know, uh, magic missile is very different than the wizard who picks, um, you know, magic circle identify and right. Yeah. Yeah. As their, their signature spells. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Although that's interesting with like sorcerers and things because they have so many fewer spells. Yeah, I think for them it would probably have to be something like. Uh, this is really testing my knowledge of how well I know sorcerers and warlocks <laughs> and monks. Um, I think I, you know, I, I, I think there's room to kind of figure it out, like. Because I think like if you have a skill based thing and you have a class based thing, at least two and two, right? That's yeah. Because with the class base, with the background based thing, the skills, everybody's going to have the same ones there, right? Like yeah, exactly. That's a constant source that's, for everybody. With yeah, that's all easy. kinds of customization, right? Yeah, that's... I think I think something too, you know, is like maybe like I mean like like signature spells, like maybe like a signature weapon type or something. Mm-hmm. Or like I know Dungeon World has like for fighters they have a signature weapon ability. Yeah. Maybe that's like a way to go about it that can kind of circumvent like that or you could even attach experience to an alignment. Like Oh yeah, that's the other thing that Dungeon World does that I forgot about. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you could do that, or instead of an alignment, you could have like a moral thing that like the players decide. I think that's tricky because again, I want to take the. Oh uh, yeah. I think I want to take the the GM's judgment out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's one thing I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. Like the great thing about the gold and the monsters is the monster's dead. This is the experience it had. It's divided evenly, and you know, like I'm not playing favorites. I'm not favoring one any other anything over anything else outside of already favoring that this is where the the xp lives right yeah um Hmm. yeah i think okay here's a question i think the one thing i could attach it i could add though is like they have this constant method and then i could dole out xp things from time to time like oh, i know like, i literally just said like don't attach it to anything but this is like the equivalent of like quest xp oh yeah 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 definitely still have quest xp yeah um like i i think you should have like quest xp and like like things where there's a measured success where it's like you can literally say like well you saved the princess, but you didn't save the tower, and the tower was the thing that they were asking to be saved. So you only get half as much experience points. So like, like, like I right. think like, like I, that's a more measurable thing. I, I think, I think I could because I think I could just I could be very fair about saying something. Like mm-hmm. recently in the game I'm currently running, I brought up a thing that's on an island called the Broodmother. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say in a different game I could be like, listen, defeating the Broodmother will grant an XP reward. And whoever's yeah. present for that gets XP. That could be a rule too. Mm-hmm. Lots to consider here. This is fascinating. I yeah, think we've cracked so- I think we cracked and probably aren't the first people ever to crack this, but we think we've come up with a, a another XP system that feels very fair and keeps yeah. the GM out of it, but rewards varying styles of play. Yeah, well, so, so yeah, exactly. And back to Sorcerers real quick. I just cracked open my player's guide. You could attach one of their abilities to, like, their Sorceress origin, mm, um, mm. you know? And, like, same with, like, Bards for their schools and Warlocks for their pacts. Like, I think there's, like, a... There's a root. There's something in there that I think you can explore. Yeah. Um, 
but overall, yeah, I think we did. I think we did come up with a new way to level people in D and D, and I'm actually kind of curious to see like what you'll write up because, I mean, that could be a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially I could see this being very fun as a player because then yes. you are the person driving your XP mm-hmm. gain and not the GM necessarily. Right. There is no more favoritism. There is no. only how much you want to go. Right. There's, and yeah. And or, also or, like I think it favors I think it'll it'll still do the interesting thing that I find sometimes, which is like you know, in Dungeon World, the fighter is drawn to, you know, getting into fights and defeating that monster to get that XP, whereas other players will be like, okay, yeah, but we need to like search out some sort of treasure and i'm the wizard so i'm way better at doing that than you um Mm -hmm. you know yeah um yeah wow awesome kick ass yeah let's talk about this more yeah this was fun well i'll have to give you an update after i've done some like looking at it and eventually when it when i hopefully put this into play because this feels good yeah it feels it feels easy too. It doesn't feel like it's too much of an ask for the players. It doesn't feel like it's too much of an ask for me either. Like yeah, if, exactly. Yeah, uh, I yeah. may want to steal it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna write this up. This is fascinating. Um, yeah. Well, good stuff. Yeah, this was a this was a long episode. It's almost a boat. It's know. a two. It's an almost a twofer. There was like a mini episode in the beginning. I uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um. But hey, you know, it's been like, like, like we've talked about, it's been a weird month and a half month. It has like, been. You and I need, we, you need to catch up. In a and, while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the by, everybody, um, welcome to the second century of episodes. I'm, I'm here. We are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm so curious what we're going to talk about in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so funny. But yeah, good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone. <laughs> um, if if you if if we see you selling this on RPG Drive Through whatever dot net or whatever it's called, kick uh, ass, it, kick ass. You stole our idea, but otherwise it's okay. We're not here in, in it for the money. We're here just to make our lives easier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can follow the show at Dane and Derek everywhere, and you can see what I'm doing on my new website, BendingFilms.com. Um, and you can see links to basically all my things. I, I need to give it a little up, but a bit of an update here or there um, over at danewrites.com. There's links out to um, my writing. It's a little, a little outdated right now, but there's still some good stuff that I really like out there. There's links out to uh, Diceology, which um, at this point has finally stopped airing. Um, wow. Yeah. So there's uh, all of 11 jump gates Um all of the Saren episodes, there's um, Fall of Magic, oh, there's um, our Six Word for Love miniseries, our um, Anna Landon miniseries, there's our, um, oh, geez, um, oh, God, the name is escaping me right now, but our other second Dungeon World campaign that I really enjoyed, it's like a four-part kind of epic covering seasons um and all of that now exists on one feed um i'm super proud of it um there's I mean, it's like almost a decade of your life uh not uh, it's, it's it's like five years five years it's about five years yeah um 
Okay, I was wrong. It's half. No, a no, no. Yeah, it's half a decade because I started <laughs> that. I, uh-huh. I started that show when I was. I started level one when I was twenty-two, um, and so right it finished when I'm twenty-seven. So, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's been it's five years of work. It's I'm super proud of it. Um, and I'm I hope you don't mind if I just take a minute Go to you know thank. Sam and Will and Taylor, Natalie, um, and everybody else who worked on the show. Um, you guys rock. Um, yeah, it's a good show. I've been slowly working through Saren again. I um, have a big soft spot for Saren. I, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to rank your 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 children in a way. <laughs> your, <laughs> um, but I I Saren is maybe the one that I'm most touched by when I listen back to it. Um, but I think the best series is 11 jump gates in terms of like cohesive narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's honestly all good, but I definitely, it's been fun now getting to like re-listen to it years later mm-hmm. when, when it came out. Um, but yeah. 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 Good stuff. Anyhow, okay. um, have a good rest of your Wednesday wherever you are folks. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell Yeah. Um, um or whatever day you're listening to it yeah whatever know. day yeah. yeah all right bye-bye catch you later out here on the sand not far from land sure i'm warm but i wish i was cold Sure.